Listen, it's a pleasure to see you as well, especially doing this here in yeah. the UK. Because yeah. I can imagine what it's like coming from the career mm -hmm. that you had music mm -hmm. musically to now go into media. At least we've seen the likes of Nori doing it in America now. Yeah, with Dream yeah. Chat. But funny, the funny thing is, a whole lot of people don't actually know that I was wired for this, mm. right? Because this is what I actually studied in school. I did mass communication. Wow. As a matter of fact, I worked in a co-FM for about two years in the newsroom before wow. going fully into music. So a whole lot of people never knew that. <laughs> that so this, was, this was the bread and, this was supposed <laughs> to be the bread and butter. But yeah, but I just went different. to music and I, I, I still remember when I was in college, my final year project was a presentation, a, mm. sh a TV show presentation that I interviewed with sports coach and wow so it has always been in me so when the music thing was not exciting it's not exciting way. anymore i just felt like okay let me try going back to at least i know how to do this so yeah. but a whole lot of people never knew so that's that part of so this is an example of doing what your parents said like have something to fall back on uh, so you basically fell back on back what on you what, studied yeah, yeah on what i studied yes aside that music is my passion mm. this as as a matter of fact Going into college, I was admitted for financial studies, which mm. is like accountancy. Yep. But my parents wanted that. But I told them, no, I wanted mass communication. You're a smart guy. Journalism, broadcasting. And I should have done that. <laughs> I wasted my time with microbiology and both. Oh, and yeah. all of that nonsense. I swear to you, all this time I think about it most of the time. Because back then, you remember at university back then in the 90s, like... If you say you're studying mass communication and stuff, people will look down on you. Yeah, like, yeah. What's this on doing some easy <laughs> stuff? Yeah. Look at us now. Bro. The world is mass communication. It is, though. It's the most it is. lucrative industry right now. From social media yeah. to traditional media, television and radio. Mm -hmm. Now you have the podcasting in there. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, you see what the TikToks and Instagrams, and Facebook and yeah, all of that. So now they have, Facebook has TV shows, podcast shows, whatever streaming yeah. on there. You it's, see it's what Spotify even, and yeah, Apple are doing. Yeah, it's even crazy, it's crazy that it's funny that Facebook pays a whole lot. A lot of money. A lot of money. One of my friends, he's basically dumped his YouTube channel that was paying him thousands of pounds a month. Mm -hmm. And now he's on Facebook and he's earning thousands of dollars yeah. every single month. Yeah, yeah. I met I met a there's this um, stand up comedian that I was talking to in Lagos a couple of months ah, ago. Ah, those guys, skit bro, makers. Forget the those dude guys. showed me his catalog like no, this. No, no, bro, no, it's mad. Last year he made over two hundred thousand. Yeah, two hundred thousand dollars from Facebook. Quarter of a million dollars. That's what they're like, doing. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Don't even try them. <laughs> Shout out to brother Shaggy, Mr. Macaroni. Bro, those Forget guys. Those guys. Are <laughs> those guys are those gone. Guys don't don't are even think about it. Yeah. Businessmen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, gone. Yeah, gone. Well, let's leave Facebook. Let's talk about Shops to Do. So, see. Yes, <laughs> see. Your name yes. is bigger than your face in mm. Nigeria. Everybody knows the name. Yeah, maybe with social media, some people yeah. know the face, yeah. but that name has been an industry name way oh, back. Wow, but a whole lot of people don't know. So I said, okay, yeah. if I want to do a podcast in London, who do I yeah. talk to? Me, I like you know, exclusive. Yeah. You know, yeah. the people maybe say yeah. they get the yeah. the real yeah. juice. Yeah. You know, so 
London, how long have you been here? It's 20 years this year. So 2002. <laughs> Absolutely. 20 years. 20, it's been a while. 20 years this year since I moved into the UK. Wow. Yep. And what's the passion about Afrobeat? Listen, I think the the my story was very simple. You mm. know, I'd moved here. You know, my mom lives here. I had a couple of friends that were already here working. Everybody was doing their own thing. But I had this particular group of friends. Um, Runke Apampa. Uh, oh, yeah, that she, that's a popular name yeah, in the media here. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Runke Apampa and Don Lee. Both of them were my closest friends. The two of my closest friends here. So what usually happens is every time, because that time I wasn't really working. Mm. So in the evenings, I just go to their house in South London and just hang out there. And it just so happened that this evening, I, you know, I went to their place and within 15 minutes, they had to go somewhere. Okay. So on their way there, they just asked me that, where am I going? Am I going back home? I said, yes, why don't you come with us? Runke was presenting like on a pirate radio in Peckham. Okay. And she said she was just going to do some presenting, host a show and do some commercials. I should come along. So I followed them. I went there. She did her show and then she had to do some voiceovers for recording so she told me just to bounce back with her to have like a conversation mm -hmm. so the recording would feel like there was a conversation yeah. happening so i was just speaking with her and the owner of the pirate radio station the radio station was called empower at the time nigerian power okay he just came out and he said ah, yo you have a nice voice so why don't you come and host a radio sure. show here and at the time i just thought why not? You know, I'm not doing anything. anything. You know, we don't know how far this radio station goes. It's just like a little shed in Peckham, you know. Obviously, there was a call-in, so a lot of Nigerians live yeah, in Peckham. Yeah, they're, call they're in. listening. And I said, let me just start coming to host the show. So, Don and myself, we started to host a radio show there called The Black Beats. So, the plan was just to play everything. Hip-hop, dancehall. Because at the time it was hip hop dance, and, so, yeah. and then a little bit of a uh, two faced Dibia, yeah. and, <laughs> and you the just remedies, play, uh, remedies <laughs> and a little bit of Awilo Logomba. Mm. That was it. And I was doing that religiously every single week. Wow. We'd go there religiously, whether we knew people were listening or people weren't listening. And that place was like a garage. So in the summer, it was so hot that we'd take off our shirts, we'd be sweating profusely, and we'd be there playing music not knowing whether anybody was listening wow. or whatever and just enjoy it and that's just it and i think one of the reasons why you know particularly african music the nigerian music was very strong with me when i was in university was when the remedies and you know your tony tetulas and mm -hmm. paul played diaries yeah. all of these guys were popping up mm -hmm. and you know even though some of us at the time you look down on kind of like Nigerian pop music, like the production wasn't this, and, but we connected with it so much that it became our own generation. Yes, that was yes. our own cool. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember mm -hmm. going back at university. I went to University of Adoikiti and Oswa at the time, wow. and yeah, I would go <laughs> to people's houses and I'll take my own tape. So I had my own remedies at my back. Pocket. So when I come to your house and you're playing music that I wasn't too sure, I'll just remove mm -hmm. my poor play or my play yeah, this play one. This one. <laughs> yeah. So I always had that 
pride, particularly for those artists. There was a group of artists, you know, Plantation Boys, mm. Remedies, yeah. Paul Play, yeah. I Love My Diary. Yeah. I lo- it was that group. Black Maintain, Tribe. Black Maintain, Tribe. Tribesmen. Tribesmen. Yeah. You know that yeah. group? Yeah. We yeah. just That group was mm-hmm. just very pivotal for us. So when I started playing on radio here, those were obviously the music that we started playing. And, and slowly but surely, um, an opportunity opened up. After hmm. playing at Empower for like three years or four years. This thing that I'm telling you is four years. Wow. Three years, yes, of nothing. And one of the reasons why, you know, you have to give family and close friends a little shout out. Hmm. Was those were very important moments in my kind of life where... You know, it was peak of summer sometimes and would have birthdays and family gatherings. But that would be the time when the party, they jump. So, like, you need to, get to go. go resume. And all of them are thinking, <laughs> know, like, right? who's this guy playing? You're not playing to anybody. Who's he listening to? But they thought I was crazy. A mm. lot of people just thought I was crazy. That this guy just is suffering himself. But they just, they'll just let me go and just be thinking, this guy don't mad. And about three or four years after Empower, consistently at Empower, the first licensed UK African radio station called Voice of Africa Radio launched yeah. in 2006, 2007. So I just saw it online at work. You know, I was at work, I saw it, and I thought, ah, let, me let me try this. Apply here. Mm-hmm. I applied. They invited me in for a conversation. I went there somewhere in East London, actually around here. Yeah. Um, and I, I met a couple guys there, DJ Gabe, and and they said, you know, there was an opportunity to to come on that platform and have the same radio show there. That's the same thing you were doing on Empower. So when I went, so this is the difference. Huh? In 2002, 2003, Don Lee and myself called our show the Black Beats yeah. show. Yeah. By 2007, we had slowly started to have, you know, a little bit more confidence in the UK the uh, emigrated Africans had started to, you know, Balls. we, yeah, we yeah. liked our music. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the, the people that were born in the UK, some of them yeah, had started... beginning to feel like, yes. okay, and so we they, have something different. And when we... <laughs> that was the year, I believe, 2007, 2006, 2007, mm-hmm. when the word Afrobeats became a thing. And it became a thing... 2006, 2007. Seven. Okay. It became a thing because when you are at a club, because then, you know, they weren't allowing even African DJs to play African music at a club or at, at parties. It's hip hop and R&B. Is it they weren't allowing or is not just a thing? Like no, nobody they is really no, giving. No, they just felt that it was the music was. They felt the music was bad. Oh, they, they felt the that music was bad. Does it sound good? Yeah, and that's listen. Everybody was listening to hip hop and R&B and dance. So what are you doing? Mm. So even <laughs> as an African DJ, if you played African music, the person that hired you at a club will probably give you a last warning after one song. You can mm. get away with African Queen and Awilo Rugumba. Hmm. And, and and magic system, but it has to be far apart. So you play an African queen, maybe like in a dancehall reggae set, you would drop Awilo Logomba, give it another break, and then you could give them magic system. But once you do that, the person will come and tell you that you're last one in, hmm. and you could be fired on the spot. That's how bad it was. Whoa. But by 2007, you know, P-Square had come into the game. <laughs> and P-Square, they did something quite early on that, 
a lot of artists are actually just doing now okay. um which is they came into the uk and they actually spent time here they shot about four or five videos it here this is not temptation and a little confusion okay they shot those videos, videos here mm-hmm. they collaborated with alaye who was a nigerian yeah but uk Not in the uk yeah so he had a british accent yeah on a, you know, on an Afrobeat record, they use Peter they, Paul Bebo now. Ibo people, they serve the business. They know. So regardless, they, they invested that time in. Mm. Whereas everybody else was coming to face Dibia, Tony Tetula will come in and they quickly go. go. They stayed for a while. They shot videos here. They popped up on television. They, you know, they did all those things. Mm-hmm. So slowly but surely, Africans will now go to the DJ at the club and say, "Play, Play me Afrobeats." At that time, you are just talking generally African pop music. Mostly, you're asking for maybe Magic System. Yeah, we Lolo Gumba. Yeah. Those are the first African pop music that really cut across. Mm. And that was very general um, before your P-squares of this world and, and Two-Face came in. So, by 2007, when I got to uh, Voice of Africa Radio, I called my radio show alongside Don Lee urban afrobeats urban afrobeats okay <laughs> so you can see the yeah, transition the yeah. funny thing is i have my concept paper and the dates i created them on my laptop and i i left it there so when i go on there it tells me this was done in 2002 this was done in 2007 wow. I, have, I, I left it there for a day when i'll be able to share that wow you know the time codes are on that mm. uh and it was all about an afro beats so we got on voice of africa radio at the time voice of africa radio also had a channel on the cable so people could turn on their cable, cable tv and listen. listen to it calling from america you can listen online that's when the website thing started, started it was booming grow. yeah you know wow. so that was a pivotal time especially for me um on radio every week as well um and and during these times, in between 2002 and 2007, I mentioned Rukia Pampa. Rukia was mm-hmm. not only on Pirate Radio, she was also on Ben Television, which was the ben first... Ben TV. I remember my first interview in London was on Ben TV. Ben Television is the 2008, first... 2008, I guess, exactly. yeah. Ben Television was the first ethnic minority TV station True. in Europe. True. Not only in the UK, mm. not black, not... In Europe. Europe. Wow. Dr. Alistair, show your day, you know deserves incredible credit for mm. his vision and belief that today we were going to be here. Yeah. Wow. He started that 20 years ago. So Runket was on Ben Television. And on Ben Television, they had the magazine show, which was probably where you popped up. Yeah. During the Saturday afternoon. Yeah, call yeah, yeah, I so remember. That was where... <laughs> remember, yeah. On, it was two shows. So there was magazine show on a Saturday during the sh- day. Mm-hmm. And then there was intro on a Friday, Friday. night. That was DJ yeah. Abbas. Yeah, and yeah. The one I did was the, I believe it's the magazine Magazine show. on a Saturday. Yeah, it had yeah, to be. Saturday afternoon. So those were the times when, so for me, playing on radio, that's where I would go and listen and watch which artist was coming into the UK. Mm. What songs were they going to play next? What's happening? That became my reference point Mm. to get information, to connect with the artists, know when they're in the UK. UK. You know, it was like it was official then. But, 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 Shubzy. Yeah. 
there's still something that yeah. strikes me in this conversation. Yeah. There is a passion yeah. that you have yeah. that is not just about the love of music. Yes. Like yes. you are so passionate about Afrobeat, like till date, it's and surprised. it's been happening since then. Like, where does that passion I come from? I think that comes from my upbringing. I think that comes from family. You know, I was born music background. No, I was okay. born and raised in Ibadan. My father's a medical doctor. Oh. You know, like born and raised in a household that you would never really. Th- it was what you would call like an Ajebota type of household. Okay, you know, travel to America, <laughs> UK, to all of that type of stuff. My father traveled everywhere in the world: Korea, Japan, on holidays. All that ty- from when I was young. Mm. However, there was a big switch that happened in 1989 in my house. My father's always been a medical doctor who owned a hospital and was very straight with his life. Everything was well planned out. Mm. Everybody goes to school. You do this, that. But in 1989, he decided to go into politics and start to compete for governorship of Ondo State. Ondo? Originally, but oh. eventually we ended up at Ikiti State because oh, yeah? we yeah, yeah because of the split exactly. So he started. So he's originally from Ondo. So he was originally on those states because someone is split. Yeah, but when we split, we now oh, okay. State. And when he got into politics, so this is a man that I've known as one of the most incredible speakers, orators of English. His command was fantastic. My grandfather studied in the UK. Mm. My grandmother, all of that stuff. But when he decided to go into politics. He decided to connect with his real Yoruba Ekiti heritage. That was when actually my father increased his Yoruba speaking. (laughs) Yeah? Yes. Because he now had to speak Speak. publicly. Yeah, because he needed to speak to a whole lot of people. Yeah. So he had to deep into his background, into his heritage, into mm. his culture, mm. and really, really pulled <coughs> that out. Mm. And not only was he showing that on the political field, it's happening in the home. It was happening because there's no how he's going to do that. He's not going to influence his kids anyway. It was happening <laughs> so. at home, and we always had something. So I'm from Ifunlaye, Kiti State. Um, we, ever since I was born until I moved into the UK. I never had Christmas, spent Christmas anywhere else apart from my hometown in FLA. Wow. So we go to FLA at least three or four times a year. At Christmas, we do something that is so unique. I don't even think a lot of people do it nowadays, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you what it is. So we bring our whole family together, extended family, Mm -hmm. and then everybody has to stand up and introduce yourself up to great, 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 great. So for me, it will be that's like the lineage. lineage. Whoa. So I've been doing that since I was a baby. Wow. So even though we had all of this exposure, my father also was always deep-rooted in his culture and he always wanted us to remember where we're from. Mm-hmm. And he also subconsciously made us very confident of our background Hmm. with everything else that we had all the exposure we had that yoruba that ekiti that pride was always there Hmm. 
Then another subconscious thing that happened was my oldest brother was part of the generations that were listening to reggae dancer, yellow man, you know, R&B, yeah. all of those. Yeah. But when he got into university, that's the first born of the family. You know, this is the guy that's also walking in my father's footsteps, mm-hmm. going to be a medical doctor. Yeah. His music taste completely switched. Switched. I'm talking 360. So this is, he went to international school in Ibadan. You know, this is, he studied medicine at UI. He's now in United Nations, speaks French, all of that stuff. But he started to listen to Orlando Owo, started to listen to Shino Peter, started to listen to Obesere, started to listen to those stuff. So you're in a household that was very English, kind of cool type of stuff. And then you have these very unique elements that always pointed back to our you know our heritage Mm. yet we never lost the beat everybody remained confident cool on the outside was very confident speaking could Mm -hmm. speak fluent yeah had no problem with communicating with anybody in the world but we just loved our heritage so much that we kept it a part of us now fast forward Mm to coming now into the UK and jumping on radio. I always knew from the beginning when I was here that only one thing made everybody stand out. And that's confidence in who you are and what you bring to the table. Who who am I? What do I bring to the table? I'm a Nigerian. I'm an African. And that alone is something that makes me different. When you see me, you can tell what I am. I'm yeah, tall, yeah, dark, black, yeah, you know, bald-headed. Yeah. And you you, I'm meeting you for the first time today. <laughs> and even if you're that tall, I was like, ah, be bald, I'm boy, man. <laughs> you know, and I actually also covered sports. And I'll tell you a very interesting story where my mm. African heritage played the biggest role in my life. Please. So, I knew I had these qualities, so all I had to do, even though at the time it was uncool to be African, it was mm. mostly things that they joked about. Yeah. You're half. When they call you half, is a derogatory comment here. Half. You're half. <laughs> you're so half. You're so African. You're local. Yeah. 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 Once they refer to you as that, our accents, our pronunciations, yeah. our expressions <laughs> were things of jokes. Yeah. Which is a new cool now. It's new cool. My, imagine my daughter's being proud saying you know they told her to select the playlist in school because she's the most aff in class <laughs> so that derogatory comments by my daughter's generation mm. has now become a cool so, stuff mm, mm. and i'm looking at her like if only you knew what we what went through go- yeah what yeah. that aff was back mm. then you know so for me i always knew that that was a very important part of everything I did, mm. you know, how I spoke, how I walked, my music taste, and I decided to stick with that. We didn't know where we were going to go, but it just made me feel good. Mm. A secret, another secret is that I listen to music on the radio the way I listen to music in my car. So I'm a big fan of the music and I'm just having fun. So I can't do it anywhere else. In your house, you can't really go crazy. You know, the missus is there or family members are leaving my mom. Mm-hmm. You can't just be loud and boyish like that. Yeah. But in the car, when I'm alone, I can do that. Do that yeah. And when I'm in the radio studio, yeah. 
I could do free. that. So it was an opportunity. Hmm. It was a, a way of life that's completely different to what I do. I work in the civil service. I've worked in the civil service for 20 years. I've worked for the government for 20 years. Wow. Yes. Well, on radio. Till now, as I'm speaking to you. Wow. I'm going to work tomorrow morning. <laughs> so oh, I've boy. kept the civil service job and had a, diff a completely it's different a life, mm. which was like an escape for me. So it mm. became the balance that I needed as a human being. Mm. That made me happy that, you know, the civil service job will pay my bills, will take care of anything. I don't have to worry about yeah. money. So even if the music is not bringing money, you're fine. I'm fine. But I can do what makes me happy on this other side. And that is to promote my culture, promote my heritage, listen to my music. Mm. And, and those were the, the blessings that God gave me mm. that kept me motivated when I shouldn't have been. Mm. Mm. So whilst mm. other people were looking for bread and butter, I was just looking for a release. I was looking for an escape. I was looking for something that made me feel good. Mm. And with that, you, there is no way in this world you can quench a flame where the flame was purely for the soul and mm. not for your pockets, not for your stomach. You can't quench it. Mm. There's no way you can oh. quench the flame. That's purely for the soul. Mm. It's not for my stomach. I'm not doing If I was doing it for, for my hunger. stomach, I would have quit. Wow. Yes, but I'm doing it just for my soul, for my sanity, for my pride, for yeah. my happiness. You know, I read something about you speaking to the UK Parliament. Yes, I did, alongside Patoranki. Alongside Patoranki about Afrobeat. And yeah. I'm like, are you serious? He took it to that level. Took like, it to that level. How was that experience? What were you thinking? Nah. How were they looking at you? <laughs> Listen, shout out to... The Afro Nation crew, the Echo Talent, you know, they got a call that, you know, the UK Foreign Ministry were spending a, t a day discussing Africa, particularly Nigeria, and various options huh. within that space and looking at how to assist and develop, you know, whatever they could do. For real? And Afro Beats. What you don't know is every year the UK foreign government, they, the government, they send money to Nigeria for security for 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 youth development for even for i'm sure for infrastructural support every year yes yes millions of pounds for security and for youth development yes take that to the bank so during these sessions they now we're now looking at areas where what can we do to opportunities afrobeats and the music Exploding was one of them. Yeah. So they decided to invite myself and Padoranki to come and speak to them about what was happening with the, you know, the global explosion of Afrobeats. How would it impact the community in Nigeria, the younger generation? Because the youth are the future. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is the new oil. African music, Afrobeats, Nigerian music is the new oil, the new oil. in the country. Hmm. You know, the opportunities is given. Look at the likes of Burner Boy, the amount whiskey. I'm still coming to that. <laughs> it's that's crazy. A, that's a topic of its own. Exactly. So I went to the parliament to speak to them about these opportunities, about what is lacking, where, where you know, international governments can assist in developing the youth who have shown a great tenacity to use their skills and talents to promote the African culture in ways we probably haven't seen that many yeah. in a long time. 
and it is easy now with lack of electricity lack of internet lack yeah. of structure mm-hmm. they've managed to create an industry that is now a multi-million dollar yearly industry as far as i was concerned i think the last statistics i got was that nigerian music industry was generated according to PricewaterhouseCoopers, was generating close to maybe like a between 54 and 75 million dollars now in 2000 estimated in 2019 every single year and now it's already <laughs> gone past that yeah. like crazy crazy and that's in the crazy billions. so crazy they were just looking at so what how can we what can Come we in. do there has to be laws you know there has to be laws in nigeria that would help support creatives mm-hmm. there has to be financial in, you know incentives, incentives for governments and private sector companies to invest in the communities and look at the young men and women that they can support their creative industries mm-hmm. and those were the conversations that Patarankin and myself had at the parliament and we were speaking for over an hour and a half to a selection of foreign affairs mps talking about afro it's crazy wow i'm telling you <laughs> it's just and what was the response they were the fascinated blown. blown away bro i've got emails here from the from the representative of you know the the british government asking me later many times about what ideas that they should be taking wow to the nigerian government bro yeah, they sent me and many. The Nigerian government don't even give. A they're chasing. They're chasing us, like chasing us. That's okay. What we said was bl- mind blowing. Blah blah. See, that's Jonathan. Consistent emails saying wow. so. You know what can we take? Da, 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 please yeah. can. I? So I had to eventually sit down and write out bullet points of the conversation and areas I felt that they could take to so the Nigerian, Nigerian government because they give money to the nigerian government so they have a power to say to them that yeah. the money that we're giving you this is how we like want you to spend it to be spent this way so that's is what they wanted is, Baba, yeah. is it not insane that the root of the afro beat mm. itself mm. the nigeria that is the base does not even have a structure around yeah. it yeah. right the, and people internationally i seen the benefits i seen the benefit they're making a whole lot of money from yeah. it I think it is heartbreaking. It's not only sad, you know, I've gone past anger and disappointment and, and just sadness. It is heartbreaking hmm. because the people that are sitting on it don't. I think, to be fair, I believe there are probably governors in Lagos State, like Ambode, from what I heard at the time, hmm. you know, pulled the, the entertainment industry really close and was working very close with them mm. obviously you know people have their different agendas yeah. and ideas yeah. but i still believe that somebody like that you just need a few of those type of people yeah. that saw that all you needed to do was invest a little bit in this industry and those young people will feed themselves mm. are you telling me that every local government in lagos state having a creative center that had studios at affordable rates that young people can go into to create and you know constant electricity just get one of the companies to put solar system yeah. on there uh-huh. well, bro do you know what will be coming, coming out, out of nigeria it is the new oil you know i was i i want to remember what i was talking to that was saying that it, if even if they want to do tours 
right? Yeah, they can't. They no. can't because the, the facilities are not there. So the structure is not there I to was, do tours. Yeah. I was having a conversation with Diamond Platinums from Tanzania, Tanzania. and he told me that his president is actually just building um, performance centers in Tanzania at the moment, like two big places. So I now said, this is a private conversation I'll share. And I mm. said, okay, so if the Tanzanian government can build two in maybe Dar es Salaam, yeah. the Kenyan government builds two in Nairobi, the South African government builds two in Johannesburg. I believe this one's even up already. So what will now happen is an artist from any part of Africa can go on, let's even say just a conservative estimate, eight country tour. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy. Very easy. Ivory Coast and Nigeria are very close together. Ghana and Nigeria is very close. close. Yeah. They can take tour buses, but mm -hmm. the roads don't facilitate that. Yeah. If there were leaders that understood the impact of the entertainment sector and really wanted to change people's lives and generate income at a rate where other parts are not generating, you can invest in that road, in security, and start to see more activities that will go beyond entertainment, business, that will take different cross. Yeah. But again, we need certain people in those places that, that have this vision, that have this passion. Yeah. To passion be able first. to unlock, unlock that things. information mm. and be able to get it over the line and get it done. Because what we know is, sadly, government officials in Nigeria will face projects that they believe that they can make a buck from yeah. uh, and not passion projects, not yeah. things that would live forever yeah. and change the lives of yeah. people. Hence, care. why we're where we are, you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, and, and opportunities like that is what makes me know that I'm on the right, you know, we're on the right track, you mm. know? As I told you that I had a second moment. In 2014, I went to NBA All-Star Weekend. Okay in new orleans okay to cover nba stars yeah. for uh, vox africa tv shouts vox africa yeah. and whilst i was there obviously to interview your lebron james yeah. Wade, and everything but one of the big targets was also to interview hakeem olajuwon huh. now hakeem olajuwon who is one of the greatest nba players of all time originally born and raised in nigeria, nigeria yeah. hakeem the dream a legend an icon of huh. nba huh. when we got there Unfortunately for me, the NBA was also celebrating Akim Olajuwon at that time. Wow. So, which meant that there was a lot of attention on, on him. him and so much. And I was there thinking to myself, first of all, in the press room, there were 1,800 pressmen that were accredited all over the world to come and cover the NBA All-Star Weekend. So, instantly I knew I was going up against everybody. But I stood back and I remembered what makes me different. I'm African. Niger. I'm Niger, <laughs> Niger to the bone. <laughs> so there's always a question that I'll be able to ask these people in this room that, that this 1,800 people never get never it. ask. Hmm. And straight away, I started to raise my voice and ask the African question. Guess what? The entire press room, every time when I ask my question, they keep quiet. And whoever I'm speaking to, be it Dwayne Way, be it LeBron James, only wanted to speak to me. Because my question was different from what the whole room was asking. Hmm. So from there, 
I was getting in a huddle of hundreds of pressmen, I was getting one-on-one -on -one conversation because my question was different. Mm. However, that response that he wanted to give me now became very important to what everybody else wanted, wanted to, to also get. To. <laughs> that was my first take. Mm. Now, I defeated those people there. Now, how am I going to get Hakim? We're looking for him. It was late. We're about to go. I just saw him walking with about 20 or 30 NBA officials and security guards. It was impossible to get to him. Mm. I was running around. It was impossible. Last minute thinking, 11 p.m. at night, I just said, Egwakim. <laughs> he just stopped. He looked back. And I just prostrated on the ground. Ekalesa. The whole play, the whole room parted like the Red Sea. Hmm. Hmm. Parted like the Red Sea, and he just walked towards me. Ah, straight away. In the midst of close to fifty people, I started to have a private conversation with one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And nobody around us could understand what, what you were saying about. So they didn't know whether this is Ooh. family. This is friend or oh, an interview. He didn't know what it was. <laughs> wow. He pulled me off the ground and said, I came here from the UK to come and see you. But we tried everything. They didn't let us see you. He said, What? He said, Oh yeah, big bags tell me, let's go to the hotel. And he walked me out of that place with my cameraman. <laughs> And we went straight to his hotel. That's how I got my interview. Mm. Because I played my African, African card. Wow. Because I played that African card mm. in the midst of people that did not understand what was going on. They just didn't know. They, so everybody was just at security. Everybody stood aside because they didn't know whether it's his son. Is it a yeah. family member? Oh, yeah. And we continue that conversation purely in Yoruba. <sighs> Shabzi, is it not insane yeah. that this same language, the same African language, they try to put it away. They put it away. And even yeah. if you're in, back home. even in, even back home, yeah. so they will tell you you're speaking even... vernacular. Yeah. What to know, Elilori? Yeah, <laughs> they've, they've got it wrong. That, that's one they of got the, it wrong. That's one of the first things I um, hear that I also made sure. I passed on to my kids, hmm. um, speaking Yoruba with them 24 -7. Same thing. Same thing I do. Because I said Same that's what makes them special. Hmm. That's what makes you special. That's what makes you special. That's what, you know, connects you with, with your heritage. So you don't say that my parents are Nigerian, like other people say. Yeah. I am Nigerian. That's what you say. <laughs> Because everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I speak to my my son. Speaks. My son has never been to Nigeria. He's born in America. But it's he, he's ten already. Yeah. He speaks Yoruba fluently. Yeah. He that's speaks it. this the, because that's what I speak to him. That's I don't, it. And then they've Nibolowa. Yes. And now they've now connected to the music and the skits. Imagine. Yes. I took my daughter. Now they understand it. Even without you beside them, when they watch a Nigerian skit, they my understand everything. My seven-year-old went to school in Essex and told them in school that my father knows whiskey. They said, they told no. him no. He came home. <laughs> he came to, the video went viral on TikTok. Everything blew up around the world. 
He said he I came home. Proof. Yeah, I've got the video here. Proof? TikTok blew up everywhere. I need he proof that you know that so you know Whiskey. Smed had to print a picture of me and Whiskey and laminate it. I gave it to my son the next morning. He took it to school. He didn't go and tell them about Justin Bieber. Hmm. In Essex, he told them about Whiskey. That's how proud i take them to the concert my daughter has gone to every concert she's gone to o2 she's seen whiskey she's seen butter but she's seen tiwa savage she, yemi aladi has come to her house adi kunle go come to her so those are our own superstars mm. and she's born and raised here mm. <laughs> yeah so they is it's different and then mm. the skit makers shout out to the skit makers my little girl my my, my baby is about five years old and there's a youtube channel she watches like even me i'm always stunned how she finds it it's called ojo the guy is called ojo on youtube yeah i know, <laughs> I know the channel where is he based yeah, is he based in nigeria mm -hmm. i believe so that's what my daughter watches so they watch ojo and some other skit makers mm -hmm. that now my son he doesn't if you ask him if you point to his trousers and say what is it he doesn't know that it's called trousers till now he's going to be eight he calls it shukoto till now and he says it in school he doesn't know that this is actually called trousers till now you know and i think for me those those are you know it's a almost like a manifestation of how proud i subconsciously got about my heritage so, yeah. and how I pass that on. It's and I'm passing it on to it's the kids now. Hmm. Building their confidence. Yeah. But, but there's something that I, I've, I've actually been thinking about. Like yeah. this new generation of um, Afrobeat listeners, yeah. Yeah. especially when it comes to Europe, UK, yep. America, yep. right? Many of them don't actually understand the f the roots and the fundamentals of this music. Yeah, a whole of them believe this thing starts from whiskey yeah. or Banana Boy. Not many of them don't know who Remedies or Tony. Yes, or I I think it's interesting you're asking me that question because today yesterday night I was actually thinking about it in my car by myself. Oh yeah, yes, <laughs> and I was thinking about it because I I said I would personally want to hold my hands up to say that people like myself and people that have been in my position also haven't done an, a good enough job in carrying those icons across. Yeah. You know, I instead of pointing to other people, I, I want to start mm. to myself mm. to say, mm. you know, when I mention Afrobeats and whatever, I'm quick to say whiskey, David Oyemi Alade, Burner Boy, Tiwa Savage. Yeah. And not talk about those who impacted me. Mm. You know, my poor baby diary. Yeah, my your daddy shoki. My daddy shoki. Like, yeah. do you understand what I mean? Mm. So a lot lies because now they're now a lot of this new generation that are following Afrobeats, naturally, the more successful it gets, the more popular it gets, mm. people will now need to start going back, back into the yeah so what dig, we now yeah. have to start doing with a podcast such as yours mm -hmm. is to make sure that we drop this type of information mm -hmm. in here yeah so when they get here they can they go and find search it. They who is this person yeah their documentary is being made uh bankul is making one 
Ayoshinaya is doing one. one. I, as a matter of fact, I spoke to Ayoshinaya this yeah. morning. We were talking. He said he was going to Atlanta this morning. It's amazing. I've yeah. seen. I've seen a couple of. You know the crazy thing? He sent you an email like a yeah. couple of weeks ago, and I yeah. said I'm working on a documentary, and I want to put Joe remix. Yeah. <laughs> they said, so. and I was Jerry Mixon, and so they were they were looking for they they wanted yeah. the clearance. Yeah, I was like, I'm quiet. Don't ask me for clearance. Go and use it. It is you because Joe is part of. There is no way you want to talk about that history that you won't go because that, that was, was a blowout. Record. That was a big record. Yeah, then. but you see, this part of the world. Yes, we did. We need to also make them understand that. See, there is a group called the Remedies. Yes. When nobody was paying attention, yes. there is somebody. There are people that are, are are like the forefront called Kenny and D One. Yes, that actually bought a new Kenny's face. Kenny's music was Kenny's pretty music much bad boy. Was bad boy. Was bad boy in, in Africa. You get Point I put blank. a new face to this thing because Absolutely. many of them don't know. They just believe oh, whiskey just came and just so, started. Again, the reason why I don't blame them, I'll give you an example. Like I told a friend of mine two days ago. Um, that some people just because they saw me with whiskey in Puerto Rico and he said Afro BCNN to them that's the first time they've seen me. <laughs> true, 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 true. <laughs> Do you understand what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Just as when whiskey did, you know, come closer and one dance with Drake. Yeah. Was the first time they heard. A whole lot of people heard him. Yeah. So that's always gonna happen. That and I I got to a position where. I have to accept that and say usually when they we we'll welcome you in, we will also provide you with Afrobeat 101. Yeah. Kuti <laughs> created the term Afrobeat. Mm-hmm. He started this. This was music that was being used for social justice and, and promoting African ingenuity and African women and human rights hmm. activism. Hmm. And after, after Afrobeat, you know, obviously, you now had different forms of African popular music because Afrobeat itself, Fela Kuti created that from jazz, funk, African, you know, traditional African jazz music and mm-hmm. instrumentation and high life and funk. And that's what he put together to create yeah. Afrobeat. Yeah. So Afrobeat, even though he used that, you know, largely to promote social justice and fight the human rights and stuff like that the how he got to that was also through creating african popular music that's Hmm. what he wanted to do Hmm. and he brought all those elements together true that's fella to one side now we have king sonia day from nigeria we have obey now we now have barista we have colintin we had Shino Pizzas. These were traditional Nigerian musicians who had traveled the world back in the 80s and, and the 70s yes. with tens of band members yes. promoting African music mm-hmm. to the rest of the world, traditional African music. Now, that is Nigeria in itself. You have your Oliver de Coke, you had your Sonia Okoso. Mm-hmm. Then you will now go to other parts of Africa and look at the same kind of equivalent your daddy lumbas your you know your papa wimbas yeah, your you angela kijos your angela kijos hmm. you look at all those you masekelas you know maria makebas hmm. you look at Yusuf all Undo. those elements hmm. and you try to inform people so when they hear different sounds today you can link it directly to specific type of genre specific True. you know um inspirations True. that's come from different so when you see a burner boy now burner boy is a mixture of, of all those things all those elements yeah yeah you see a whiskey yeah. is a mixture yeah. of all of those elements you, you know sure, 
like play, yes. like say it's not serious. Yeah. Whiskey did three days back to back in O2. You can't understand what that means to us. Smade is the one calling me now that's been calling me for a couple of years. Oh, minutes. that's your phone is buzzing. <laughs> that's Smade who was the first person I interviewed Whiskey in his living room exactly over a decade ago, 12 years ago. Huh. He came to do a club here that was 150 capacity. So I saw that. Huh. 150 capacity in London. He was sleeping on, he was on Smade's couch when I interviewed him. That's where he was. Ice Prince was in the house, you know. They were just playing computer games. We just thought, oh, this was a young cougar. Ago. Yes, 12 years ago, 150 capacity. Wow. We're there. So when we were emotional at him selling 20,000 times three. Times three then you have to understand. That's why I say to people that you cannot understand, understand how I feel. Yeah. You can't. One guy, one of my friends was yeah. telling me when we were at Burner Boys concert in Manchester and I was going crazy, enjoying myself. One guy was like, ah, what's wrong with this guy? I was telling one of my other friends and I told him, I said, you cannot understand what's wrong with this guy. Mm. Because you don't know. No, you that are not bad. And that Bro, feeling. Me, if you said that maybe you are just they cry because I like to cry oh, a lot. <laughs> what are you saying? When I, we, you, you won't know where the tears are coming from. Because... To the O2, I, I was walking in the O2. You know, while Whiskey was performing, I was walking in the crowd and then I looked in the audience. I saw my daughter in the audience. She mm. saw her dad. She calling me dad, dad. You know, come on, man. Mm. What are you talking about? Mm. I took her as a baby to Factory 78 studio. Shout out to my brother, DJ Larry. Mm. You know, Shout out to DJ Larry. Yeah, I, know DJ Larry. I took her there as a baby. She was, I've got a camera picture of her, you know, playing with the microphone, pulling. And mm. She didn't understand what all of that was. was. But now, now she's standing in the crowd she's in the screaming. O2. She's at the O2 with her dad, who always used to go everywhere at that time. That you know, it was difficult. You know, I had a young baby. Mm. I was running up and down. My wife felt like she was just by herself. Yeah. She didn't know still what this in guy civil was service, doing. Still in radio. Oh, dear. She didn't know what this guy was doing. Hmm. This is something that's not bringing money. It's actually spending. I'm spending my own money. There are times when, I've, if you know, the, the, the places that we've traveled to just to go and get an interview sometimes. Hmm. You know, and we're chasing and we're just... I remember when I connected with DJ Larry, we had met at Voice of Africa Radio. So I used to play from 9 to 11. He used to do the great VR shifts from 11 to 1 a.m. or 2. And what really drew me close to him was exactly what you've done here. Hmm. Before Larry starts his show, you set up laptop, set up the yeah. camera, set That's this. Everything. I'm not thinking of this guy. <laughs> I'm always thinking to myself, what are you like? What is that? Who was listening to this show? That So he always hmm. used to record his program then wow. and upload it. There was some podcast system back then. back then. You upload it on there and he used to do it religiously. Hmm. So about a year after we had all left Voice of Africa Radio, I just bumped into him around my mom's house. I waved to him. I was up. I got my mom lives there. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We spoke for a bit. We left. The next week, I saw him again. This was somebody I hadn't seen in 12 months. And all of a sudden, in seven days, I saw him twice. Huh. I said, Larry, give me your number. I will call you. What are you doing now? He said, I have a studio at home now. So I just record interviews sometimes. Da, da, da. So when I went to his house, he had set up a whole room with camera this time. Huh. Ah, boy. And he said, you know, sometimes it's so difficult to get these artists. I said, yeah. which, what 
what you have here is difficult to get these guys and you're promoting them for free. I said, no okay, way. do you know what will happen? I will join you. I will go chasing these guys nice. and do the interviews and let's run it that way. Hmm. And that's how we all started with Factory 78. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. That now, nah, we're going to make this thing. Are they crazy? Like, this is the platform here. Hmm. A platform that we did. We only had Penn Television and we had a few radio and that was it. It's crazy. When, when, I mean, I was in Nigeria when the the whiskey thing was happening and when he did the first day yeah. and I saw sold out, I was like, well, of course it should be. Yeah. But second day I said, okay, I think, but I wasn't thinking the third day was going to be filled. Oh, that's crazy. Then when I saw the third day, I was like, are you kidding me? Do you know that in, on earth? Yes. There are very few people that can sell this arena Bro, three days back to the back. Only people three that, days. The only people that And have people done act that. as if, oh, it is normal. No, no, no. The people that have done that here, uh maybe Drake, your Ed Sheeran's or whatever. Yeah. And that was it. Just few. Stormzy just did the O2 for the first time this year. And that's arguably the biggest UK black uh, uh, artist that would ever do it. And some boy from Mojo Legba just killed it. Like, it's nothing. David o has come to do it. Burner Boy has come to do it. David o has done it twice. Yeah. He did it again. Yeah, this shout out to David. David. Done it three times. Yeah, Burner, Burner has, has done, done it like... So, you have to understand where we are. Hmm. And how we feel. How did you feel about that Grammy thing, though? When they didn't give it to Wiz? Honestly, I always had a suspicion that... Because you have to understand that the Grammys is a political campaign. Hmm. There are rules that you have to play by. Uh, Mama Angelique is was a four-time winner before yeah. this fifth. Yeah. She's been, you know, on that rodeo for a while. She knows what to do. When she shows up on a Christiana Mampo TV show, show on CNN, yeah. talk about a Grammy nomination and what how that album is actually to promote love and mm. life and mm. this mm. and performs on mm. CNN. <laughs> you know, you have to understand that it is part of the playbook. Hmm. And when you also look at the history of the Grammys, they don't reward popular songs. Drake has been nominated 37 times. He's only won three times. Yeah, he won three times. Yeah. Nas only won his first Grammy in 2021. True. After true. 22 years yeah, of true. active service. Snoop? Snoop, Snoop 19 nominations and never won, never won one. Any. 50 yeah. Cent, the year he exploded and, and had a diamond selling album and a break as a breakout artist and everything. He never won one. So they've always had... Why did they do that, though? Yeah, so because always, they were, First of all, you also have to understand that the Grammy voters largely consist of old white men. Yeah, in the academy, yeah, we know. It's, you know, so it's, it's something close to a mafioso. <laughs> you know, so... And I they always, don't know better. So they actually I, don't know better, had, so... You know, the suspicions that, you know, the, the album might go to Mama because she was walking the walk. She had... a a, a brilliant album. She had fantastic collaborations. Yemi Alade, yeah. Burner Boy, Mr. Mm -hmm. Easy, produced productions by Kelpie. Yeah. All of you know, she did the what work. she was supposed yeah, to do. Work, yeah. As a legend, she was actually competing in the pool with the young cats. And once that happens, you know, that should raise eyebrows in mm. the first place that, you know, she's doing what she's supposed to be doing. Mm. You know, this would have been, if this was a Nigerian artist, most of the time they would have been doing what you consider legendary music and, you know, stuff for the mature mind. But she targeted the in crowd. 
She mm. went for Kelpie, who just produced a gra- you know, a Grammy nominated album for Burner Boy. Yeah. She targeted a Yemi Alade Burner Boy who had just come Those, from yeah. a Grammy Award Ooh, win, yeah. which she coached the year before. True. Don't forget <laughs> true. that. Yeah, true. Burner Boy told yeah, her that yeah, she spoke yeah, to my mama. Yeah, yeah. And she told me how to walk, walk the walk. Yeah. Hence why when he got PDD to to choreograph that album and was showing up on Sky News and CNN. He was part of the playbook. Hmm. It wasn't as if Burner Boys, everybody knows the Burner Boys African giant was, forget even Grammy now, hmm. was global recognition quality. Let's just say that. That African giant album deserved global recognition because of the sonics, the production, the messaging. Mm. The artistry of the man himself on that pr- music, yeah. everything was top class. But of course, Grammy did what they did. Mm. And then he came back with Twice as Tall, which a lot of people felt like wasn't just that quality. For In my opinion, Twice as Tall was fantastic. Fantastic album for me Because too. I always said that as far as you serve your core audience, one, two, three, four, five songs on a project with core we're good. good. You can do whatever you want with You're others. Good. You know, and he did that. Huh. Plus, P. Diddy had Anderson Pack production. Yeah. Don't forget that. Yeah. You soon do. Yeah. Naughty by Nature. Naughty by Nature. Angelic yeah. hmm. He had all of these plays in that Twice as Tall album because he wanted, he had already reached the ceiling. So why, why don't I go back there and take the cherry hmm. and then I could go and face my work? And that's what he did. Hmm. Went back there, picked the award and then he came back to the grind because he knew that his artistry his stage performance as long as you see that you're going to understand what burner boy is about mm. and i think that's what everybody's starting to see now you mm. know people talk about his personality his character whatever this is the music business mm. your only concern should be the product that he brings to the table mm. his music and his performance and his artistry bro the bonner wave is crazy right right like right now the bon- even me i don't understand it, it. it it's been crazy from day one if you remember he always had something special he couldn't come into the uk and we were yearning for him for years and when he eventually came he unlocked the door the audience was there Burner always had a call following it's just that the call following grew bigger bigger That's way it. bigger <laughs> this always had a following that believed in his son i saw this video that wiz was saying that it was going to uh, make a special good chain for yeah. you. Do you have your chain? Do you have a chain now? Come on, man. Wiz, what's going on? Wiz, we need that chain. Wiz I want to see that chain. Wiz Kid, you know, Wiz Kid is, is a special talent that comes once in a generation. Yeah, he's special. He's a door opener who not only knows his talent, he knows his place. Hmm. That's unique. Bro, that's deep. Oh. Yeah. Not knows, just the talent. He, he knows, knows his, his place. place. He knows his position. Hmm. He doesn't have to try. He doesn't have to force. Whiskey opened the door to the young generation today. He brought a new fan base to Afrobeats in 2010, 2011. That we hadn't seen before. Hmm. You know, he brought the teeny boppers in. He knows music. 
He's, mm. you know, he has it. And, you know, there's some people that when we go and see Whiskey, I, I try to break it down when I'm talking about mm-hmm. things. I say, Burner Boy, when I go and see Burner Boy, I go because I know that that performance, I can. I saw Burner Boy perform three times in one week. I wasn't tired. I went to Dublin. I went to everything. I'm there and I'm still vibing <laughs> the same way because I get a different energy every yeah. time. I know what he's going to give. If you pay... 70 pounds for Burner Boy here, and you saw him performing in Dublin. My Beru, don't be scared. Everything he gave them in Dublin is coming to give you in Manchester. Then he's going to go and give them in Paris. Hmm. He will shortchange you one penny. Hmm. That's Burner. He doesn't know how to do it on a low, on a middle level. <clears throat> he's going to give you 150% every single time. Hmm. You're not going to hear that, oh, that performance that was not, it was not, yeah. Was like yeah, mm. Burner Boy is gonna give you what he gave them in Madison Square Garden. You come and give it to you in Leicester. That's him. I think he's in Madison Square this ah, year. Yeah, it's gonna break the yeah. thing there. <laughs> David O. He brings a touch of he brings a top of, touch of energy and a touch of superstardom mm. to his stage performance. He adds that to it. When you see David O. on the stage as an Afrobeat fan. You are like this one are my superstar because he will represent you. <laughs> yeah, if I drop him in a box yeah, that's where the for you. there's them PDD and all this yeah. stuff, I'm going. I'm not going to be scared that I got somebody that's ready to match them at whatever energy they want to come at. If they want to, it's that energy to perform. I can bring it to the table. If I want to show you I'm a superstar, I'll let you know too. This is Atlanta, baby. Don't don't, don't get it twisted. Mm. David is going to bring that to you, and when you see him sparkle on stage. You see that shine. Hmm. You know, you know this is a superstar, an African superstar of a different dimension. Then when Whiskey comes in, is our emotional connection to the new generation. We watch Whiskey with our hearts. Hmm. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> we're not listening. We're not even seeing. We yes. are it's an emotional connection that once it's there, you know. And he starts his to, groove. Everybody groove. say yeah, yeah. Wheezy. You're gone. <laughs> you yourself, you don't know when you're saying yeah, yeah. Bro, I love him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love him. But then, most of this event, I see yeah. you on stage yeah. with the mic. Yeah. You as in control the crowd. Yeah. And yeah. Then there was one day I was watching. I think it was Whiskey O2. Yeah. yeah. Then you were called the Energy God. Yes. I was like, ah. Uh-uh. Energy God. Yeah. I'm a energy God. Let go. <laughs> well, somebody that called me this maybe like five years ago that, yo, man, you're just the energy God, man. You're the energy guy. He just said it like that. And the next time he saw me, he said it again. Oh, yeah? Ah, this guy now. Nah, energy, serious energy, energy God. Uh, and that was it. Yeah. And the next time I'm on stage, everybody just started to say, you bring But you know we have energy God. Ah, ah my brother does too. Yes, energy God too. So I was me, like, ah. I'm, so a, my, I, I'm trying to look. So okay, who has the most energy? My, 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 my spelling is G A W D. His is G O D. G A W D, God. Okay, G O D, God. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, listen. But the two of you get crazy energy, anyways. You know, the, what, what the MCs and the hosts and the hype men are doing in Nigeria? Nigeria is a hotbed of talent, hmm. innovation, and just serious diversity hmm. what the likes of Dotun and all of these other hype men are doing in Lagos 
will change the game forever. Absolutely. They completely transformed entertainment, uh, concerts, yeah. added so much value to it Bro. that it's, you know, it's just unique. Can you see the extension? Like it's, now it's even way past the level of music artist. No. Now, hype men are going no, platinum. Hype no, men. Bro, you can't. I, <laughs> when we're hosting, shout outs to the Afro Nation crew, when I'm hosting Afro Nation alongside Eddie Kadienko, we're spending eight hours on the stage, bro. Yeah, we, we'll get on stage at four and we don't leave the stage till 1, 1 a.m. 4 p.m. Yeah. to 1 a.m. Yeah, we'll be introducing the acts. We'll have different sets. And we'll still pop, pop, yeah. pop. And we'll do that for three, four days straight. Mm. So you talk to me about the work. You're putting it in. I, I see Dotun in Nigeria. Oh, I but, see all but, those but, people. But, but you guys, you guys have yeah. done a whole lot. Shops do, especially you. I appreciate the it. The level at which you guys have moved it. this genet outside the shores of Africa and made it a big thing out here. I mean, you guys should be in the Hall of Fame. There's no way they won't. <laughs> I, th I, think, <laughs> I think you guys should be in the Hall of Fame. There are people here that have done amazing stuff. You know, shout outs to, I mentioned them, the Ayoshona, mm. the DJ Abbas, the Black Knights crew. Black Knights, yeah. You know, Femi Ben TV, Ben Television itself, DJ Abrante. Mm. You know, these Yeah, DJ Abrante. Yeah. He yeah. had the first show on Choice yeah. FM yeah. at the time that yeah. was playing African music, you know. And you have to understand, DJ Edu on BBC, he's been on BBC for about 14 years now, or if not 15 years, um, playing African music. music. These people have laid some foundations that generations for life hmm. benefit from. For hmm. life, you know. Hmm. Whiskey is doing 20,000 now. Rockbo Coco Bar. You know, come on. <laughs> Bad, the amount of made, the amount of money that they've lost hmm. in promoting, in promoting bringing artists ah, nobody it. will show up forget it hmm. forget it the amount of money you know i mentioned lost yes. not even made up. yes lost. lost this is money lost there's no way do you know how much money they've lost in trying to do this hmm. so those are the people that we people like myself have just picked one or two things from mm. and like i said a, a a a passionate flame that really wasn't about the stomach mm. but the, the heart but, yeah the soul made it easy the, for them to, to carry going on, on. Yeah, everybody's carrying on mm. and now uh you know before we go i i said something to smade that 10 12 years ago we look like madmen digging for gold in the bushes where other people were looking at. And when is yeah, we real? Hmm. What are they doing back there? Hmm. Digging where everybody had confirmed that this is where R&B and hip hop was making money. money. But it took them 12 years. They were digging around hmm. and they now came to join us where we had been digging since. Hmm. With Africa, yeah, Majambi. Hmm. So now those madmen of 12 years ago and women have now become geniuses today hmm. because we stuck to it and we believe in it this thing there's something there hmm. people underestimated the power of over a billion people in africa and tens of millions if not hundreds of millions of africans in diaspora yes they yeah. underestimated that yeah. power america alone has over eight million 
Nigerians especially. Remem- I'm not talking about other African countries. I Nigerians alone. I remember over 8 saying million. that my dream was to see African music on the global charts, your Billboard charts. Now, not only are we entering the charts consistently, you know, with the platforms like Afro Nation and partnerships with the UK chart company and billboards, we've created our own Afro beat charts officially. On <laughs> billboard, yeah. And America. Yeah. Come on, man. <laughs> what do you think about this new voice, though? Everybody, uh, I mean, the new, the fresh guys coming on, um, the Fireboy, the Joe Rema. Boy, the Rema. How are they doing? I'm a big fan of those young cats, man. I love those young cats. I love the freshness they bring to the scene. I like the energy they're bringing. I like the way they've changed the music. They've increased our fan base. They can they market to different audiences. I enjoy their music. And for me, that was one of my fears. I felt, you know, when slowly, if you start becoming an OG, Hmm. You start becoming the oh hey where like these young guys their music know they're sweet man but I'm such a big fan of the music that I'm a big fan Friend. of the new guys yeah. you know those that Mavens always brings up magics mm-hmm. chocolate Ruga, city chocolate city I've just left chocolate city I was listening to new music with black bones on release music yeah crazy black bone is crazy bro he's a genius man that's another genius. You know, that's another special talent. Not only musically, but he knows, you know, he knows what to do. He knows you understand where to go. even the marketing. He understands yeah. the marketing, you know. <laughs> we, the we, likes we of can't. CK. Yeah, look yeah, at what CK Yeah, the likes of CK. Come on. Yeah. Those guys are killing. They, 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 they're really I, killing. I love them. Oxlade, you know. Ira Star. Ira Star. We're talking. Now we're talking. Hmm. Now we're talking. That's... That's that's a special talent. I've seen her perform on stage with nothing but a guitarist and a pianist. And it. she held us down for 30 minutes in the UK. Like, mm. like it was nothing. She was also having a conversation with us. This While she was performing. 19-year-old girl. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I know, man. I was I blown know. away. I know. So me, I know I'm, she's, I know I'm she's excited about she these young special. guys. She's special. I'm so excited about them and I'm happy that I love them because I was scared that I was going to be like, oh, oh gee. But I'm, I'm a but young it, it fan. It looks like it's not ending anytime nah. soon. <laughs> the world is Let me deviate trouble. from music a bit. Yeah. Nigeria as a country. Yes. When you guys look at that country yeah. and with the whole situation, the way everything is yeah. going, do you guys ever think that you might want to go back someday? I'm not massively a fan. Um, of the country? Just the way it's being run. I'm not a fan of how the country is being run, the lack of security, mm. uh, the lack of uh, just the normal amenities that human beings deserve. Basics. Uh, hmm. The basic amenities. And I love my people so much that hmm. they are too hardworking. Nigerians are some of the most hardworking people in the world. Hundred. And without doubt some of the nicest people in the world Andred. Andred. the system are turning the young generation into into some of the young generation into monsters with mm. all this blood money yeah. and all of this stuff the insecurity the yeah, kidnapping the, kidnapping, the armed robbery yeah, so the frauds it's the- not anything that excites me hmm. however the greatness that the music industry has become the entertainment industry has become is a testament to the genius that we have in Nigeria yeah. and what those young men and women can achieve. Can achieve. Yeah. 
So that I just always Did. just believe. I'm, yeah. I'm just holding on to those guys. Sincerely, like, even me, I, I used to feel to like guys. they never saw it coming. Mm. If they did, maybe it would have been an obstacle some way no. because they didn't see. They, nobody was focusing on music. Mm, there's no money there. They were on their. They know where to get. But look, look at what it is. I, today. I, I hope that you know this young generation and these selfless entertainers and these incredible geniuses somehow. Would, would something would happen and maybe if we get like a young leader that was ready to tap into the youth hmm. just to support, so to support not only yeah. with advice but information and support it, some there'll be a turnaround but hmm. until then i'm not super excited about it at all uh, we, i mean we're hoping they, there's an ex election coming next year yeah. uh, so everybody's looking forward uh we to don't vote. know where where it's going to fall to yeah. um but hopefully maybe God's intervention because if Somebody. it's still the same set of people we're not expecting anything we, sh we should just keep looking forward to Afrobeat and yep. making Nigeria proud as much as we can because I think that's the only export we have now and it's the biggest export out of Africa regardless yep. so we should just keep looking at that your podcast yes sir. I'm a big fan the Afrobeat podcast, <laughs> Afrobeat <Fish> podcast. <laughs> How's it going with it? It's going amazing, man. Yeah. Shout outs to Afri Media, shout outs to LM Media. That's like my team behind it oh, yeah. that helped me create it. I just thought, just like you, let me start having conversations, build something myself. Yeah. Uh, the culture was developing, and I feel like for us to be able to hold on to something, we need to own something. Hundred. Um, it was time for me to own something mm -hmm. and develop something, something that I could pass on to my own kids wow. and, and just say I was part of something, you know, in the future people will go back to it as and reference say, points, yeah. as information, see some of the stuff that, you know, people had you done did. in the past. Yeah. And I, that was my inspiration of going Bro, into it. And, great catalog. And, Thank you. I, I mean, I love it. I saw Brimo. I saw Buju's yeah. edition. I love it. I was like, it was, oh my Buju God. was, yeah. for me, it was... You know, one of the reasons why I created a podcast where somebody that I completely had a different perception of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the minute he started speaking, I just saw a young man that was doing something he loved and never knew would open a door yeah. for him. Yeah. And yeah. that yeah, was true. so endearing. Mm. That was, that's it for me. <laughs> that was it for me. When I was speaking to Brian I just had an interview with Diamond Platinums, which mm. I believe is going to be an absolutely incredible interview mm. where he speaks about so much Don Jazzy. Yeah. You know, the, for me, I just thought from day one, I felt like celebrating our culture was in our own hands. Hmm. We, the way we carry our yeah. entertainers yeah. was in our own hands. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know who they were. We do. Mm. So how I act to them is what will make people understand how incredible they, they are. are. Well, is there any, have you ever had any encounter with any Nigerian artist that you felt like this guy is shit. Of course. Many. <laughs> That's normal. In as much as normal. they're awesome, a whole of them are normal. shitty. Normal. Like, normal. really, really shitty. There are a lot of artists and entertainers that, you know, I probably will not add my energy to, again, personally, involved with. However, I came to understand hmm. my role and my place. Okay. My role and my place is to promote the culture and anything good for that culture. Even though there might be artists or entertainers that I do not have personal relationships with and take, I believe, are absolute crap, 
if their content was great for our culture and I enjoyed that content, mm. I would throw my 150 behind it mm. to ensure that it gets to where it's supposed to go. Yeah. And so then, which means you don't actually add personality no, to what the talent I've is. I've had sometimes, I've, 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 you know, I'm a human mm. being. Mm. I've been affected that it's affected how I've reacted to their content. Mm. But mm. I've also matured to a level where I understand that, you know, I'm a human being too. Some people might not really give a damn about what my personality is like. They don't give a fuck about me. They don't like me. Hmm. However, the business is why we have a relationship. relationship. I have no right to judge who they are. That's their Personally. person. Yeah. And that's what they, you know, exactly. they think that's is cool. That's what I think too. Sometimes yeah. I just say, Sometimes you'll be hurt. Leave the personality away. Sometimes the we'll be hurt. <laughs> you know, we'll be hurt. You know, I had, um, I've had differences with, with people in the past and sometimes I've been opportunity to sit down with them and just kind of iron it out that, yo, you know, and then you find out that, listen, everybody has their own issues that yeah. they're dealing with. Yeah, and sometimes many of them don't even actually understand how things work out here. Yeah, okay. yeah, so, <laughs> they just do things like that in Nigeria. There's an artist that I had asked an interview from in the past, maybe like 2012 or whatever, he told me to send him a cab and send him a car to come through. And I said, nah, man, that, that doesn't happen, man. We, this is a platform here that everybody's trying to develop. I ain't mm -hmm. going to do that. And years later, he came calling me trying to get an interview. I mm -hmm. told his manager, I said, he, this was how he shitted on me back in the days, mm -hmm. man. So he can stuff <laughs> that now. <laughs> you know? So, so you know, they, what goes around comes, comes around. around. But yeah. what I know works is being good to people. Mm. People remember how you made them feel. Yeah. You know, mm. if you're, if there are some people that, you know, people see me all the time making noise about Yemi Alade or, yeah. it's because of how that lady She's awesome. made me feel from 2000. I've never heard anything bad about the lady. She's awesome. Ade Kunle Gold. She was savage. See me. You know, yeah. People that I had encounters with quite early on, mm. and they left a mark on my heart mm. that at any point I always feel like you know I had to defend them. You know, when sadly, <laughs> when um, Tiwa Savage had the situation with the sex tape out, some people yeah. said it to me, Oh, your queen. Mm. I responded back to, mm -hmm. to them and said, Yes, she is. And she will still be. This has nothing to do with the 10 years of legendary status that she has given me. Mm. Yeah, has nothing to do with Kele Kele, has nothing to do with legendary status. Huh. Of performing on stage. Huh. This has, yeah. She had a situation that she couldn't control. Yeah. Someone tried to take advantage of her. Yeah. Let me find out how many people tried to take advantage of you and the situation you couldn't control. And yeah. let's let's dig into your closet and see what's really going on. Um, hmm. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice for jokes at the barber shop and whatever. Yeah, mm. but hmm. what's really going on with your situation? Oh, hers was the one that was. Bro. Out there, what, 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 yeah, we know it's in there, everybody close to only if you don't want to talk. 
So that's it. So I only if you don't want to I see anything, to, but we know we know what's going so on. So I just got to that it. that realization. For me, that's position where you understand what your position is, and you 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 try to to do your job regardless of the emotions. And I remember how people treat me. Hmm. Uh, I remember because I'm a harmless guy. <laughs> so I just want to be excitable. I just want to have fun and whatever. So that what you leave with, I don't forget things. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I never done drugs. I don't hmm. do nothing like that. So you everything I do updated. is stick. mad memory card. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, awesome. Man, listen, my brother. Thank you for having Bro, me, Bro, let me give. Uh, let's give them your social media. Absolutely. Platform. Listen. Adeshope, A D E S O P E, uh, Alajide on, on Instagram. Instagram Shopsidu, yeah. put that on Twitter. It comes, it comes up, out. TikTok, Facebook. Facebook same thing. Shopsidu. Afrobeats podcast on YouTube. Afrobeat podcast. You find Listen, guys, there. see. Forget original intelligence. <laughs> Afrobeat podcast is insane. Go and listen. It's, it's insane. I love it. I'm a big fan. Original intelligence and what you're doing. But jobless. You know, we love it, man. Listen. This space is big for everybody. Yeah. Shout out to Ike Chuku Kills. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Ike Chuku does drink. Um, yeah, chill. Drink chills, yeah, yeah. right. So yeah, I'm yeah. looking forward to have him on my show. I want to go on this show there's, too because there's a big spot it's a for big, everybody. It's a big platform. So, every, I even tell anybody that I see that I think you have something. Go and start a podcast. I keep think keep doing it, man. Yeah. We appreciate it, my brother, and thank you very much for having me. Shopai, I'm privileged. Sitting Thank with the brother. superstar, the real Afro beats himself. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. I appreciate him. Man. See you, everybody. Talk to you next time. Bye. Catch you on the other side. Oh, oh. my name is Jobless.